Welcome back to Good Girls, presented by HUDAP. We're your hosts. I am Michaela. And I'm Siobhan. On the Good Girls podcast, we will be tearing down societal expectations of the good girl, reminding the podcast universe that good girls are real people with valid wants, needs, and desires. This is a shame-free zone. Whether you consider yourself a good girl or a bad girl, we're all one and the same. This podcast is brought to you by the team at HUDAP, the alternative approach to commitment-free dating. Now, we are having a very important conversation today. And look, that's not to say that we don't have important conversations every week, because I would argue that we only have important conversations. conversations. But this one is one that I don't think enough of us are having, particularly on like a real enough level. Yes. Yes. So today... It's scary. Can you guys guess what we're talking about? (laughs) I wonder, just hearing that, what your immediate... So your, your clues are... We need to be talking about it. We don't talk about it enough on a like real level, and it's scary. So basically anything, so anything. like literally having any anything. any adult conversation, any ounce of vulnerability in the slightest. Yeah. Good, good, good. Um, so today's episode is all about getting tested. Woo, 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 woo. Whoop, whoop. Sexy topic, important topic. Look, the sexy. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, she it's was debatable. really so, like trying to sell the sexy part. You know what? I take it back. I think, yes, you yeah. can make that sexy the I way agree. you talk about it. And just like, look, we're going to get into it. There's, there's a lot of things to talk about today. But Siobhan, do you remember your first ever STI test? I feel like ours yes. are going to be very different experiences. I do. But I would like to hear the story if you're comfortable sharing. Yet again, if you know me in my personal life. No, you don't. You log off right fucking now. <laughs> you log off right now. You put this in an offline mode. The first time I ever got tested, this is actually kind of like a hilarious story. It's a kind of a, what is those, what do they say? Like a warning? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is kind of like a PSA um, uh-huh. of what not to do. So when I was like 21, we already know that I, I was late to the game, but arrived in perfect time for me absolutely so I made a plan to get an IUD in my last year of uni <laughs> right right towards the end of the year I booked it in a month in advance because that's how long it takes to get into family planning to get IUD and I was almost 22 and I wanted to get it before I turned 22 because then you have to pay for it gotcha so I booked in to get it. She was a complete and utter virgin. Them to me a month before when I went in for my original meeting, do not have unprotected sex before you get your IUD. You're like, do not. And I was like, baby, it's don't not even an issue. Don't even stress. It's not even an issue. The night before I got my IUD, I lost my virginity. <laughs> Impeccable so, timing. And ironically enough, one of my friends, this exact thing happened to her. Like that is how she also lost her virginity the night before she got her IUD. Like, How is this a running I said, experience? It's weird that it happened once. <laughs> Fucking bizarre, it happened twice. Yes. So yeah, I went into the doctor and I had to admit to her that you, obviously you broke the rules. I broke the rules and I did something that I should not have done. <laughs> so that was the first time I ever got an STI test. Was so she just d- she was did like, that first and then she put was your like, IUD in. Yeah. So she did a STI test first. It was neg. Mm-hmm. Um, then she gave me the morning after pill. Nice. <laughs> Just to be on the safe side. To be on the safe side. And then she gave me the IUD. Right. And then I went back like six weeks later and I got another checkup 
to make sure that it was confirmed that I was not pregnant and I wasn't. <laughs> it was not pregnant. I was not. And yes, yeah, so that was the first time I ever yeah. got tested was amazing. when I got my IUD. And my only flex in that is that I've never had an IUD. I've never had any kind of permanent or semi-permanent birth control. Why would I need it, first of all? Yeah, you're <laughs> so real for that. <laughs> but like it, I only ever hear horror stories of oh. people's experiences with IUDs. You know what? I might be both different because she's coping, she's thriving. Yeah, like I will say when I got mine, I did get light bleeding for months. And Michaela will know this because I complained about it all the time. Non-stop, yeah. But after after that, that never got my period again. Like never had – because I had really bad – period symptoms before I got the IUD. Like I would get really tender breasts, bleed for a really long time, horrible cramps, uh, moodiness. Like I had PMS, post-MS. Like just every single MS that you could fucking have, (laughs) I had them and it made having my period the worst experience ever. I could never fit any of my bras. My titties would swell so humongous. That's how I knew my period was coming was when I could like – not really fit my tops yeah, anymore. I was like, like, oh, she's tender. She's on her way. The girls are struggling. Yeah. And so my IUD like completely solved has that. solved all of that. And when I got it, when I actually got the IUD put in, she was, I was laying there. You have to lay there on the bed afterwards for like a few minutes. She was like, the pain should subside soon. And I was like, what pain? Which is honestly iconic. Because all like, I ever hear is from people saying that it's the most painful experience of their it's life. It's because it's cramping. And, but I, my cramps were so but bad you're like, this is that I was like, this is a walk in the park. <laughs> like there were, I have had cramps where I'm curled on the floor, yeah. literally like bawling my eyes out in pain. And I have a relatively high pain tolerance. Yeah. So for me to have been crying, like it's rough. it used to be really bad. I'm a supporter of it. I think you should definitely seek advice though like I there's a lot of different contraceptives yeah, out there I did a I got the IUD because I couldn't handle taking a pill every day at the same time like I just yeah. I'm not I'm not there's so much room for error as well like, I just yeah <laughs> Yeah. 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 I'm not good with like a repetitive. I'm, I don't have a morning or a night routine, guys. <laughs> I am really living every day as a new day. Yeah. She just free balling every day. She can't be living like this. So I love that for you. I, I do support. love that for you. My, my first STI test. So I was 16. I had just quote unquote lost my virginity. Listen to a few episodes back. You know, that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> but I had slept with a man. So. Well, boy, let's be real. We were 16. Let's not be kind. (laughs) Let's not be overly kind. And it was just before term started. And so like a week later, I walked from my all-girls boarding school dormitory to the nearest family planning clinic, which was like a 10-minute walk or whatever. And because I didn't have any, I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't, well, not that you fucking know what to expect at that point. But I was just like, hey, haha, I need, I think I need a check up and so you obviously go into the room and you sit down with the nurse and she's like so what you know what brings you in I'm like oh I um I had sex for the first time because I, I had protected sex like I wasn't actually that concerned but I was like this is a, this is a smart good thing to do yeah. and if I establish this as a pattern now that's that's doing good things for me yeah and because everything was relatively low-key uh, she handed me a swab and a little bag and was like, the bathroom is two doors down. Go and do your test. Explain to me how it worked. And uh, look, it wasn't like the most pleasant experience, 
but, but it wasn't traumatic. But it wasn't traumatic. I find it interesting that you did a swab because I just peed in a little cup. Yeah, I've never peed in a cup for and then in a cup for an ACI test. Through a little, it was literally hilarious. So basically, there's a toilet and it has a little window, and then on the other side of the window is like the, where they do the test. Yeah, and you just pee in the cup and put it in the little window, and they open the window and yeah. take it. I was like, what if they just opened it while I was in here doing a shit? <laughs> Then what? Because as much as I would never ever want to do a shit there, please know that to be true. <laughs> Sometimes after you it's do unexpected. a week, you cannot stop yeah, it. Like it's, it's, it's unexpected. literally just you can't. Yeah. And I was like, it must have happened before. It has oh, had absolutely. to have happened before. Because she opened it when I was still on the toilet. Like she opened oh, it and grabbed that. it when I was still on the toilet. I think But I guess like, they're fucking desensitized. They're like, yeah, what they're literally like, You're scared that I just saw you on the toilet. I'm about to have my fist up your hoo-ha <laughs> in about seven and a half minutes. Like, please be for real, girl. Like any sense of modesty you have, it's gonna be gone. As soon as you gave the receptionist your name and yeah. you took that seat, girl, please. Embrace it. At this point. And honestly, yeah, I do. Yeah. I walk in there and I'm like, hey, Joan. Hey, girl. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've never peed in a cup for an STI test. I've only ever done swabs. So, I don't I don't actually know why that's a chosen situation versus one or the other. I think probably for the most part it's like a clinic preference. I don't, I don't fucking know. I definitely – I wasn't put off by the whole experience, but I was nowhere near as comfortable with either my sexuality or my body as I am now. Mm. And – not that I've really needed to go and get tested any time lately, but I would now feel like a million times more. I just fucking walk on up. We're all good. Everyone is chill and fine. And of course, when you're like a little, little 16 year old little lady doing that for the first time, like it was scurry. It was, it was scurry a lot of times. <laughs> it's always scurry. It was like scurry for a long time. <laughs> I think, no, truly, my mental illness tells me that nobody else, nobody has sex. Yeah. But like, realistically, <laughs> that's not true. Like, I know it's not true. But it's just a lot easier for me to be like, everyone is like me. Everyone is everyone yeah. is exactly like me. Yeah. Which, Which is, makes going yeah. to family planning fucking terrifying because you're like, oh my God, I'm such a disgusting, filthy whore. <laughs> yeah, you are. And I love it. And go get tested, bitch. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, and go yeah. get tested. And like, I feel like anyone, uh, anyone that bothers listening to this podcast does not really need to be preached to about the importance of SCI testing. No. But... In order just to not run the risk of missing anything, we are going to do a, a brief little rundown as to why you should get tested. So we'll start with a list of the moments, situations, or experiences that are a massive sign, go and get tested. Yeah. Because there are as much as you don't, it's not like you don't need to get tested outside of these circumstances, but like this is the hot list of these moments. So... If you and a new partner are beginning a sexual relationship or you've had sex with someone for the first time, you should go get tested after that. If you've had unprotected sex, you should go get tested after that. If you think you might have an STI, hey, go get tested. Probs a good idea. Probs a good idea. If you are pregnant, so I don't think a huge amount of people know how harmful STIs can be to unborn babies. I mean, it feels obvious yeah. a little bit but I feel like if you got pregnant you just assume you don't have an STI which yeah. is a day that's a dangerous assumptions make an ass of you and me see exactly STIs can have a pretty nasty effect on fetuses including premature labor low birth weight and even stillbirth depending on the STI so it is a serious thing and lastly if you have symptoms or you feel like something's not right and I feel like when it comes to your genitalia 
you know when something's not right. Yeah. You might not necessarily, like, just because something is fine doesn't mean that you're necessarily, yeah. you know. Or just have, like, a regular checkup. Yeah, exactly. So, like, to me, these are these are the obvious times and these are the obvious times that you go and get tested. But like we've said, they're not the only times. So routine STI tests are a really good idea. The good thing is that if, if you don't have any other reason to be thinking about getting a test, you haven't had unprotected sex, you're not symptomatic, whatever, that makes testing a million times easier yeah. because that's when you can often opt for a self-test, an at-home test. Like if you've got things that are going on that you really genuinely just have to see a nurse for, that's one situation. If you're just doing a routine little checkup and you don't have anything that's massively setting off alarm bells, nine times out of ten you can get away with just doing a home test. Yeah. But that doesn't make it any less important. We just love convenience. Yeah. We do. 100%. We do. And, you know, obviously on the note of symptoms, and this is the sort of thing that fucks me off on a regular basis when I think about it, is that nine times out of ten, women or vagina owners do not experience symptoms or do not experience symptoms in the same way when it comes to STIs. So there's a lot of opportunity for a lot of time to go on thinking that everything's fine when everything might not be fine. And the worst part is STIs can have effects on your fertility and you don't even necessarily know you have it. Exactly. You know what? I've just been, my mind has been open to all of the inequalities between men and women lately i saw this tiktok and i was like forget about the wage gap i'm sick of that i'm done with that i don't care you know what i care about the metabolism gap let's talk about it let's fucking talk about it let's talk about the sti symptom gap yeah let's fucking talk about it because you're telling me i don't get symptomatic but they do and they don't notice and get tested yeah like child is really yeah it's unfortunate get tested another good reason to get tested not only to support yourself and like stay safe for yourself protect the next girl that yeah protect your fellow woman protect your fellow woman think about it because if she is not as prepared as you could just be sitting there idle hiding for months it it doesn't feel good sisters it doesn't feel good to know that People might get sick because of something that you could have avoided. You know, you could have you could have helped that situation. It's not your responsibility no, to, but, but it's, it's a nice, nice thing to do. It's a yeah. nice thing to do. So, in fact, just some a little fun little stat: up to seventy percent of vagina owners that contract chlamydia don't experience symptoms at all. I think that that's so fair and accurate because every single person I know that has had chlamydia didn't have any symptoms almost always got it from a man (laughs) and she got tested and found out like she was the one that did the test yeah not him hey yeah so look we're just we're out here doing all the work as per usual and so like obviously there are a million and one reasons why you should get tested and obviously routine checkups are good we're gonna dive into kind of mm, the reasons I guess I, I made some time later in the episode to talk about getting STI tested when you're single versus being in a relationship and kind of how to approach that. But for now, like, it is very important to keep yourself safe and yourself happy as well as any sexual partner that you have. Like, yeah. it, obviously, yourself and your health is the highest of priorities. But basically, the way that I 
the way that I see things is that if you're expecting going into a sexual situation that the person that you're having sex with doesn't have an STI, you should be offering them the same courtesy. And the only reason you're going to know whether or not you have an STI is if you get tested. Yeah. So, like, it's just it's, com- also, it's just courtesy. Maybe, you know, use protection as well. Definitely. That's obviously. Definitely key. But, yes, agreed. Yeah. Like, you you want to assume that every partner you're going to be with has been tested yeah. before they've been with you. Exactly. So, offer them the same courtesy, even if it's not the reality. Yeah. Because, in reality, the only way that you're going to keep yourself safe is by getting tested, regardless of what another person says to you. Yeah. And as much as we can want everyone to be upfront and honest, and we're going to have a chat later about, you know, ways to have certain conversations around getting tested, you have to take everything with a grain of salt and protecting yourself and your body is always top priority. 100%. But there's nothing wrong with, I said this to my sister recently, there's nothing wrong with like being a better person for other people than they are necessarily to you. Exactly. It doesn't hurt you to be a good person. At the end of the day, you can just say, I always did my best to make sure this other person was like safe and protected yeah treat others how you want to be treated yeah okay somebody shut me the fuck up today why have i said about 15 <laughs> wall quotes <laughs> and we've been recording for literally 17 minutes <laughs> that's one a minute yeah. but obviously on an important note and i and i feel like in hindsight after having written this entire episode really have not touched on enough how important protection is obviously protection is important and, uh, you know, condoms are the only thing that are going to keep you more or less protected against STIs. Yeah. Like, the pill isn't going to do shit. So, <laughs> any other form of contraception ain't going to do shit. But that's not to say that condoms are 100% safe. It's not to say that they don't break or that someone takes it off midway through or um, anything like that. Like, it's just not good to rely wholeheartedly on any external product yeah is what is how i look at it it's like again we just you know making sure we're doing good for us um which is why regular checkups is important exactly if you only get tested when something happens that makes you think you should that's that's where problems lie because you don't if you use a condom and you just think oh it, it didn't break but it did it still broke. Yeah. You just didn't know that it broke. Exactly. And and again, I'm going to touch on this further later in the episode, but people don't always use condoms for the entirety of a sexual experience. Mm. And you can still get STIs at any point in time where a condom isn't being used. So we'll bear that in mind and we'll discuss that's that further later. terrifying. But I know. That's really it's terrifying that you just said that. But also, you know, STIs can, like we've talked about, can cause some very long-term and very significant health consequences if they go untreated. So that is also why routine testing is so important. STIs can only be treated if you know that they're there. And you only know if they're there if you go get tested. Mm-hmm. So get tested so that things can be treated early. Just do yourself a bloody favor. Oh, yeah. Thank you. So now what to expect? Because I know if there are those listening that have never had an STI test. And look, there's there's no judgment if you haven't because I feel like judgment pushes people further away. Yeah. Like we all understand that it can be an uncomfortable and Experience. like scary thing. So the last thing I'm going to do is make you feel bad for not going because that's just going to make you go less. So we're not going to do that. So I am going to walk us through a bit of a process about what to expect because I think that's important. I think that's what puts a lot of people off because they don't know what they're walking into. Yeah. So this is a POV. You're going into family planning. More or less. Yes. And so I think the first starting point is that we all need to collectively remember that nurses do this shit literally every day. All day, every day. So 
they have seen a million vaginas. They have seen a million penises. They've seen it all. And it's not to say that you and your genitals aren't special. I'm not saying that. They absolutely are. And I love that for you. But to a nurse, they're not. They're not. They're just another body in front of them. Yeah. So uh, in this particular circumstance, you're not very special. You're simply a number. And to me, that brings comfort. Yeah. If it's the like, amount of laser ladies who have seen my snatch dude, and they just walk around Botany Mall, they're just walking. Just chilling. And they go about their day. The laser lady saw my vagina before any sexual partner <laughs> even had an inkling of a chance of seeing my vagina. Yeah. Like, guys, nothing's fucking real. They don't, they really don't care. They don't care. So you shouldn't care either. No. <coughs> they literally are just here trying to help you. They just want you to be healthy. Yes, exactly. You know, they, they also know that you don't technically have to be there. You're not forced to be there. Yeah. But they do know that it's an uncomfortable situation, situation. and they will comfort you. Mm. And I, that's important to remember because you're not just like going into this uber sterile environment, putting your fucking legs up and hoping for the best. Yeah. There's people there that do this all day and that are going to walk you through the process. And if you just communicate you're scared, they'll be so lovely. So like, lovely. When I first went, I told the lady, like, I really don't know. Like, I haven't discussed any other options yeah. like I don't I really don't know and the lady was really lovely and nice because why would they not be their whole job is to deal with really intimate issues yeah I, especially in like family planning in New Zealand they do more than just sexual health they do like a holistic view of women's health yeah like they just they literally just care they just want you to be healthy exactly and nine times I don't think I've ever seen a single man work in one of those clinics <laughs> I'm sure they do but I've never seen one <laughs> holy yeah fuck yeah yeah picture it can't picture it and so these are literally women like if you're uh, obviously look i'm it's not to say this conversation doesn't apply to men it absolutely applies to men you guys have the symptoms you should fucking get tested far more regularly than we need to but hey i'm i'm mostly i'm I'm talking to the ladies here because we all know that there's maybe half a man listening to this episode right now so you're gonna be walking into this clinic surrounded by women that all they do every day is look after other women you're in a safe space. Yeah. You're in a safe space. And this is to say that I personally wouldn't recommend going to your general practitioner. Like, you can. You absolutely can get an STI test at your general practitioner. Also, is that even a thing in the US? I had this thought while I was writing these notes. I don't understand I the, the medical system be. in the US. Okay, I've watched Heart of Dixie. Uh-huh. So I think I am qualified to speak on this topic. Uh-huh. Um, yes. They have a Jeep. They, they're like, that's, especially in small town America, that's like all they have. Right. It's like a family doctor. So I feel like whenever I hear of people going to get medical treatment of any kind, they just like walk into a, an emergency room. Which is. And I'm like, I would simply never. Absolutely psychotic. Yeah. Imagine going to Middlemore Hospital because yeah. you had a cold. Literally. They would laugh you out the door. They, they would, would laugh like, you out the door and then they would also be like, if you want to stay, it's a six hour wait. Yeah. Enjoy. Like, are you kidding me? I only ever go to the hospital once I've been referred like after yeah. three GP visits. Yeah. It's not where they're like, we, you're out of our We have no fucking right clue what's going on, girl. <laughs> go to the hospital. My first thought would never be to go to, maybe it is that for big cities though that yeah. have hospitals, but I just know from that one show that I watched. <laughs> That's obviously an exact replica of real life. Yeah, 100%. 
then in their little small town, they just had a GP, like two doctors. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. Like I assumed it was a thing. I just, it's one of those things that you don't really like see a lot of outside And even of in Dope US. Sick, he was a family doctor. So. <laughs> so. Michael Keaton literally played a GP. So like, I guess GPs exist. There. GPs exist. So anyway, you can totally go to your usual doctor. That's it's not to say that you can't go to your usual doctor. I just would not super recommend doing that. And that's no, I'm not talking shit about your doctor. I'm sure your doctor's lovely, but I do not, again, I don't want to feed into any shame around our bodies and our sexuality. It's more that I don't want you to be put off from doing this regularly. Yeah. And I feel like if you go to a doctor that you've been going to since you were a child. Me and Michaela have talked about this. I've had that traumatic experience at my family doctor. It's, and it does like as much as, because it's pretty obvious at this point that we are pretty shame-free people. We don't really give a fuck. Yeah. It is hard to be like that when you feel shame. Yeah. Even if not purposefully. For example, I went to the doctor because I had a UTI. Michaela knows this story. I went to the doctor because I had a really bad UTI. He has been my doctor since I was probably like 12, like yes. 11 or 12, possibly even younger, to be really honest. I could have been like nine. Yeah. Who knows? She was like playing in the kid's pen since I've been going to this doctor. I started in the fucking playhouse. Uh So when I went to the doctor about my UTI, it was super fucking awkward because, again, also he still treats both of my parents and all my siblings. Like my parents still regularly go and see this doctor. We all see the same doctor. And I think my parents had literally gone maybe a week earlier. So when I first arrived, I was like, how's your mom? How's your dad? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How's how's your siblings? Now we need to talk about my vagina. And then he's like, oh, what's wrong with you? What's up? Me. I'm peeing blood and it hurts and something's not right. Oh, I think you probably have a UTI. Then he proceeded to type and then say to me something about next time you have sex, you need to pee or something like that. But he could not look me in the eyes. No, of course not. And, like, again, I think he was embarrassed because – it's like it's just weird like he knows my parents like we've yeah my parents He's literally known kids. since you were like, a child we were at this doctor's a lot like he <laughs> knows my parents he knows them yeah. and like it was just weird and I felt shamed for being there but I know that he's a doctor he like literally doesn't give a fuck like yeah. he would a brand new patient my age comes in and tells him this he wouldn't think twice there's no there's nothing about it and I'm like, maybe I'm also projecting, but also I'm not because he literally couldn't look me in the eyes. It was so weird. It was so weird. It was just strange. And I was like, I'm never coming back. Yeah. I'm never coming back here for one of these issues ever again. And that's that's the thing. If you then were like, okay, I've had that negative experience with my GP. Now I'm just never going to get tested again. Yeah. Because it's so easy to make that jump when you have a negative medical experience. Yes. You just can jump to, well, I'm never fucking doing this again. Because it was not, it's like, it's not worth it. Yeah. Especially if it comes back negative, you're like, oh, okay. It wasn't even, like, all of that trauma was not even worth it because I am fine. Yeah, exactly. Instead of opting for the GP, if you have the opportunity, take advantage of sexual health clinics near you. Obviously, this is a touchy subject, and Siobhan and I are both very lucky to live in the country that we live in, where we can pretty easily, I would say almost very easily, get access to sexual health services. Yeah, like, it's easy to access. The wait times are long, but also... And what? Like, what's the alternative? Either long wait times or really expensive that makes it not accessible. I'd rather 
it be accessible but yeah. you have to wait longer because see, and even then sometimes you don't yeah. if you call family planning and you just let them know well that's also bear in mind family planning is the new zealand equivalent of planned parenthood essentially yes. right yeah basically if you call family planning and let them know that you need a test or whatever yeah. and let them know that they are free to call you if they have any cancellations yeah. they will and also simply getting a test is usually something that you can do quite quickly anyway oh yeah you can if do- you're looking to get like you know, an IUD or you're looking for abortion services or whatever the case may be, yeah, you might have to wait a little bit longer but even to access then, that though, care for free. Um, I don't even think that's like no. even true because if you are wanting the morning after pill yeah. abortion services, you get shot to the beginning, like top, top of the list. list. So, yeah. Like those are what they deem emergency services. Yeah, that which they are. Pro- yeah, which 100% they are. So then... It's only really actually like the minor things like STI yeah. testing, getting an IUD that takes a little bit longer because yeah. those things, it's like realistically... You, you could survive you a little bit longer. You could survive a little bit longer waiting for that. And even then, it doesn't take that long. Maybe yeah. the maximum I've ever waited to get into family planning was like two weeks. Yeah. But that's also because my schedule didn't align with exactly. Every, like it's, it's There's a lot of chance. You could go and every single time you try and get into family planning, you get in because your schedule just happens yeah. to work that week. I've had times where I've like booked into family planning the day I wanted to make a booking. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's like 11 a.m. You They've can got see one me at three. three. <laughs> it's because we share one brain cell. We got one brain cell <laughs> and it's just bouncing between us. So, yes, like we are incredibly lucky and we acknowledge that and we know that in other places it is not that simple if accessible at all yeah and obviously our hearts go out to those that struggle in that space as a sideline to that there are a number of virtual services that exist now companies that will send you at home testing kits take advantage of that from the research that i've done and from the the things that i've looked at a lot of it is incredibly discreet packaging there is no way that anyone would know you know you've got nosy neighbors that are ready to dob you in for fucking accessing you know your basic human rights uh you're gonna be fine take advantage and if you can get into a sexual health clinic of some description you will meet the most supportive kind and considerate medical staff that you will likely ever encounter it's not like no hate to our doctors and nurses out there love you thank you for doing the lord's work but there is something about sexual health specific practitioners that are just a different breed i think it's because to be in that okay this is just my opinion that it is because to be a sexual health practitioner like someone that focuses focuses on that I think you need to be a relatively open-minded person because you can't be judgmental as a... I've never encountered a judgmental, like, nurse or doctor at family planning. That you... I think if you go into that field of medicine, you yourself already are quite an open and, like... Or are passionate about making sure that women can have access to this kind of care. Exactly. Like, there's no shame there and it's just very accepting and... You just, that's the kind of people that go into that field because it just, I can't imagine anyone who is like really, really judgmental and have horrible views about womanhood and sexuality would ever choose then to like surround themselves by women who are in their eyes doing bad things. Exactly. I just, the alignment doesn't work. So it's always like these women who are like, yeah, bitch, go like fuck whoever you want, but do it safely. Yeah. And Do if something happens, come back and see us, please. And then please. you come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're, they're normally 
Yeah. Great Every people. time I've left an appointment at a family planning clinic, they're like, okay, we're right here. If you need anything at all, if anything happens, you know where to find us, you know who to come back to, we've got you. And every time you leave, the lady at the reception, do you want some condom? Oh, every time. Every single time. And I say, yes, please. Yes, please. Even when there's no when there's no need for me to have them. No, I stop. But I will grab a handful. Thank you much. Lady. Or a, a they, box. When they hand you a full box, full unopened box. And then a little like a bag. Me. Everyone's going to know what this is. And I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. So when it comes to the tests itself. So there are a few different tests that you could get depending on what your concerns are. So I'm, I'm going to run down because I think the most overwhelming for someone that hasn't had an STI test before the most overwhelming option to be confronted with is the swab yeah because it's it's is a confronting thing so you know like I mentioned at the top of the episode there are self-tests that you can do at home the only and this is an important thing to note the only thing that's a downside about those at-home testing kits is that there are definitely limitations as to the range that they can test for so if you're looking to get a full workup, if you want to know that every single thing possible is totally fine, the only way to do that is to go into a clinic and get a proper test. But, you know, like with my first STI test, I did go into a clinic, but I also administered it myself. So it's kind of like a combination of the two. But in terms of the swab itself, the nice thing about this day and age is that everyone is is familiar with a COVID test. Right? Yeah. Everyone can picture a COVID test. They've probably got one in their home. There's probably one not that far from where they're currently sitting listening to this. Very, very similar. Very, 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 very similar. Uh, just a different hole. Just a different hole. Just a different and hole. And honestly, a bigger one. Uh, yeah. Ex- and one that isn't like close to your brain. Yeah. One that doesn't <laughs> make you literally feel like there's something scratching the back of your nostril. Yeah. Like not even your nostril, actually your brain. It feels yeah. like it's scratching in between my eyes. Yeah. And and I would 100% argue that a COVID test is a million times more uncomfortable and potentially painful than a vaginal swab ever will be. Yeah. And you had to do COVID tests a lot more yeah, exactly. frequently than you. We, we now you. all know what that experience is. And if you don't like COVID tests, lucky for you, an STI test is going to be way more comfortable. Yeah. So very, very similar, different hole, but it's basically just a long swab that is inserted into the vaginal opening. And then they give you a little bag or a little test tube and then send it on its way. There is obviously urine tests that you can do that test for different STIs. Sometimes you can do blood tests. It kind of depends. Uh, I think dudes almost exclusively can just pee in a cup, which again, feels rude, but you don't need to swab anything. Fuck you. Like, of course, that's fine. Of course. Of course. And then in the testing process, especially in the clinic, there might be external and internal examinations that need to happen. Then you might want to do mouth swabs or anal swabs, depending if you've had oral sex, anal sex. There's swabs for every orifice is what we're really getting at here. And just like with a COVID test, you know, you're uncomfortable for 30 seconds and then it's over and then uh, you find out your results shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. So what a dream. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. And again, as soon as then we know what the test results are, we've got our next steps. Yeah. It's it's really, I promise you, it is not as scary as it seems, but I am not judging you for feeling like it's scary because I get that. It's genital related. We're all a little uncomfortable, but we don't need to be because it's a lot less scary than you think it's going to be. Yeah. 
And we're going to take a quick second to hear from our sponsors, HUDAP. HUDAP is a dating app with the sole mission of helping you get your rocks off with people who like to do it how you do. Say goodbye to swiping and hello to endless scrolling. Scroll through all your potential hookups and send a message request to the bang of your dreams. The good girls are all about being honest, open and fucking kinky. So using my bedroom, you can add what you like, receiving or giving between the sheets and find your perfect match today. Download HUDAP from the App Store. So there is a little bit of a difference, I guess, in the perception of getting STI tests for someone that's single versus someone in a relationship. So the thing that's important to remember with STIs is that they can stick around for a really, really long time when untreated. And if you're not symptomatic, you will have zero idea that it's even there. I'm going to paint you a picture. So say you are in a committed relationship. Mm -hmm. With that relationship, you have been... 100% monogamous, you know that you have been 100% monogamous for the last six months, say, right? On a routine checkup with a doctor or during a pap smear or whatever the situation is, you're offered an STI test. And on this day, you happen to take it. You accept it. You said, yep, let's do the STI test. And then it comes back that you do, in fact, have an STI. Mm -hmm. Where does your mind jump? Naturally, the conclusion that you jump to is that your partner has been cheating caught an STI and given it to you in the time that you've been together. Which, look, uh, there's every reason that that might be the case. I'm not saying that that's not the case. Yeah. (laughs) And me me being like, I literally know someone who this happened to. Yeah. And that's how she found out she had an STI. Yeah, that's a real bummer. Because you had to tell her. Yeah. Well, at least you told her. Yeah. You hear the horror stories of people being like, because if you do test positive for an STI, you are told by the medical staff member that's given you that test that you need to contact everyone that you've had sex with with an X amount of time and tell them that you've tested positive then they need to go get tested. And the horror stories that you hear of people just straight up not fucking doing that, which is so fucked up on so many so levels. So fucked up. And so look, you might have been in a situation where your partner has cheated and has gotten an STI and has given it to you. I'm not saying that that is impossible. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that you may have had an STI for an incredibly long time and you didn't get tested. And now when you first started a sexual relationship or before you started a sexual relationship with your now partner, you didn't get tested. You might have had it then. And then you're basically then putting your relationship on the line because you're screaming and yelling at them. You cheated and they're going, no, I didn't. Why don't you trust me? And it all implodes because you didn't get tested before you started dating them. Yeah. (laughs) That's the key thing here is that you weren't tested if you did get tested before oh go up the proof is in the fucking pudding brother like the proof is there i 100 percent support you so it's not to say that if you're in a monogamous relationship and and it's not it's not to say that if you're in a monogamous relationship sti testing is unnecessary it's more saying that you get tested ideally before your relationship turns sexual but even at the very beginning of your relationship becoming a sexual relationship get tested if anything, it just it evens the playing field. You both know what you're going into in that relationship. Neither of you can pull that card on each other later down the line because you know that you got tested and you knew what the results were. Yeah. So just like... Oh my God, have a fun, cute little date right? to the doctors. Like, hey, or like... Or hey, baby, what do are you doing on Saturday? Do you want to come to family planning? Do you want to come get me? tested? Do you want to get tested with me? And like, this is one of those things that I fucking applaud gay men for because they are just everyone on this earth should follow the testing routine of a gay man they obviously are necessary and the risks are there and strong and you know prep is a great thing and we've come a long way when it comes to hiv but 
everyone should get tested as much as a gay man gets tested. Yeah. <laughs> everyone should get fucked as much as a gay man gets fucked. Also, so true. So true. Like, every single time. I, okay, if I had to be a man, I would have to be a gay one. Right. They are so lucky. Did you know that we have actually got a gay sauna in New Zealand? Like a, yeah. I, I learned like this. A, like a baths. Yeah. yeah. Like a mm-hmm. baths. Mm-hmm. And I have never been more jealous in my goddamn life. There is no female equivalent for that. There's no even like unisex equivalent for that. It's literally for gay men. And you know what? I I get it. There, like, there are, you should have your own things. Like yeah. I do believe that I, you know you're your own your, we don't need your to share own space. community. But can we not have like one as well? Like I don't need to have <laughs> to come to your one. But yeah, can I want my own one? Can there be one? For the ladies then, like, Please? and until there is one for us, can, like, I come to your one? Can I come and hang out? Like, I just want to, I, I don't okay. need to participate, but I can, I can just I mean, be here. I can, I'm allowed. Like, if, yeah, if, 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 if it's I'm, okay, if I would love to permission is given, I would love to participate, but, like, I understand that that might not be, like, up your yeah, alley. Like, but but there, uh, there, and it's not even that. There's a lot of, like, sex clubs and stuff in Auckland for gay men. I know, but, like, that's not, that feels unfair. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> Why do the gays get everything? You don't get one single lesbian bar in this city, and yet the gays have it all. They have it. They have all. it all. And look, I'm envious. What I'm really saying is that I'm envious. No, like that's a hundred percent. Like I literally am obsessed with it. I, yeah. I love that for you guys, but I just wish I could love it for me too. Yeah. That's all I'm. That's all I'm trying to say I, about I, the topic. I'm just putting it out there. And I'm not saying that they can't have it. Like I'm I not want trying them to take to good things that away from them. But like, I would like them to add. I would like a piece of the pie. I would like I like their cake and my cake too. (laughs) Amen. You know. Amen. A hello. (laughs) So I understand that being in a committed relationship, like maybe lessens the desire to get tested on a regular basis, and you can obviously be very confident that your partner is being monogamous with you. But if we're starting off on an even even playing field, and then if anything weird happens, like I would still take it, ladies, when you go and get your smear test, which everyone should, it's an important thing to do, and it's very easy to avoid, and I'm saying this from experience, I recently went and got my smear test for the first time in like five years, which is not correct. I should have had one sooner, and I had I've been... never ag- had one, though. You need to have one. I... I swear it's 25 is the first time you get it now. I must have. I you must, must have just. Because well, you're two years older than me and yeah. they only changed it like last year. Yeah. But it used to be 21? 20? 22? 20. 20? But then okay. again, it still doesn't make sense because two years ago I was. I've never been told to come and get my smear test because you know how you get that letter? Yeah, you I, my doctor just like, yells at me about it. No, I no doctor, no nurse, no. And I, I agree with you that I think it's it's over twenty five now. Yeah, so but I don't, don't know because this be, is the, the won't pee at me because I don't have to do it yet. Okay, even ask me. Okay, in general, speaking to the public. Yeah, when asked, get your smear test. Yes, and every time you do get your smear test, you will be offered an STI test at the same time. My recommendation would be just to take them up on that offer. Look, they're poking around down there anyway. Just. Give it a whirl. It's one stone. Exactly. And then again, we're just keeping ourselves because you can like contract STIs, not easily, but you can contract it other ways than just having sex. Skin to skin contact, you can still get STIs. So just be aware. On the flip side, if you are single, it is a different story. I recommend that you get tested every time 
you have sex with a different partner. So if you are single, but you're, you know, just enjoying, enjoying the fruits of, of singledom, singledom, which I applaud. Every time you sleep with a new person, just go get tested afterwards, just to be on the safe side, because that's important. And you don't know if it's just a one-off, you don't know their sexual history necessarily. You don't. And so keep yourself safe. Is really is really just what we're saying because you can still contract an STI if you use protection. You can still contract STIs from things like oral sex, which people don't often use protection for. Correct. Um, so you know, a lot of contraception exists to not get you pregnant, but we're not great at using the contraception that exists to stop you from getting an STI. So we just need to, you know keep everyone safe in a perfect world there would be a conversation where people would be upfront about what's going on for them before you get busy but that is not always the case social stigma and like all of that can just stop people from being honest about what's going on for them so at the very least you know keep yourself and your body happy and healthy you only are going to live in one body for the rest of your life take care of it Correct. And last but not least, let's broach the conversation about having the conversation because yeah. it is not an easy one. No, no conversation with any sort of romantic interest is comfortable, to no. be honest, especially at the beginning. Yeah. I'll be really honest. People who are like, oh, it was just a close. So you're lying. There's always a moment where it's awkward because this is a fucking stranger. Like, yeah. I don't fucking know you. Every <laughs> single time I'm on a day, I'm like, I literally don't know I you. don't even know your surname. I don't even know you. <laughs> like, who are you? Yeah. I don't even have your, I don't have any other information about you besides your Instagram handle. <laughs> like, you are, you are a, You're a stranger. stranger. You're a stranger. Stranger danger. And having this conversation, so awkward. I don't even like having a conversation. I don't like having the conversation when they're like, what are you looking for? You're like, I don't like talking to these people. I don't people. like talking to these people. <laughs> like, it's weird. It's awkward vibes. And then having to be like, when was the last time you were tested? Yeah. It's hard. It kind of also, I think a lot of the awkwardness comes from as a person saying it's hypothetically me saying uh-huh. it if me and you were together, uh-huh. uh, like having starting a relationship. Uh-huh. I would be so, maybe this is just a me problem though, <laughs> but I was going to say my issue is that I hate being like, when was the last time you were tested? Because it insinuates that I think that they would have unsafe sex. But that's yeah. not what I'm actually saying. I'm just saying like in general, I want to know for like health reasons. Yeah. But I always am like, are they going to think that I think that they have unprotected or sex? Or on the flip side, are they only asking me because they're they, likely. They might have. They a, might have. An yeah. Like, is, like this as this Are you person. only bringing it up because it's a major concern for you? Yeah. Like, like in terms of. Are you scared? Yeah. Is he going to think or she going to think that I have an STI? Yeah. And then it's like that shame comes back where you're like, oh my God, I don't want someone to think that I have STI. Even though most people in the world have had an STI at one point. I will get into that. Don't you worry. I've got some stats to make everyone feel better. Because we have not talked about these kinds of things for so long that such a scary stigma exists around sexual health. And there's just been a lot of harmful conversation and rhetoric for a very, very long time when it comes to STIs. So it, like, the fact that they were STDs for the longest time, they were I called did, diseases. I didn't, I didn't retain this information, but there is a difference apparently between an STI and an STD. So I, something about the an STI like requires sexual contact, where an STD can be a disease that has 
come about because of sexual yeah. transmission. Because, okay. But I think that's semantics. Somebody fact checked It's me. the same thing. Most STDs or STIs are from some human at one point fucking an animal. I don't know, but I think so. I, Humans are fucking freaky, man. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I read that some of them, that's their origin yeah. or their suspected origin. And some of them come from like birds and stuff. Animals be fucking up our bodies. Well... It's, you know what I also wonder? On the hierarchy, if everyone just on like two days uh-huh. in a year, everyone had to go get checked up for an STI uh-huh. and get got put on pills and stuff. And everyone if we could just, like, just eradicate all it? agreed, yes, could we eradicate STIs from – like I know that it would be ruined immediately as soon as someone <laughs> entered the country on a plane. Yes. But hypothetically, could you eradicate it for like a day? Hypothetically, if everyone was willing to get tested and get – medicated for it and everyone agreed like that they were going to do that do world sti day <laughs> where everybody unless it's government mandated it's like no one's fucking doing a that. week where everyone has to go get tested go get pills and let's eradicate these because this is my my thought process i see like when someone gets an sti right or like someone that i know i just think like what is the family tree of this sti like yeah. where has it passed through yeah and then I just think, like, somebody always around in this world yeah. has an STI and is about to pass it on. Yeah. Because clearly it just keeps getting passed on. Yeah. And I'm like, how can we eradicate this? I don't know why I like to take issues that nobody else really <laughs> thinks about. Like, nobody else has ever been like, how do we eradicate chlamydia? <laughs> Me? How do we eradicate chlamydia? You're like, I've got it. World STI day. Like like the census that we just did where you get fined like $2,500 if you don't do it. it. Oh, my God, I have to do it. Thank you so much for reminding me. Harry Styles came to New Zealand and he really said, who has not finished the census? We can't go on. I raised my hand and on on he sang. Yeah. On he fucking sang. I'm like, it was funny that out of this, finally, out of 400,000 people (laughs) in the stadium, I was like like other girls. (laughs) Every other bitch in there had done the, you know why everyone else had done their census? Their fucking mums had to fill it out. Yeah. That is why all these little 12 boppers, mm-hmm. yeah, you did your census, you don't have your own house, you don't have yeah. your own household address. I have to put three other bitches on my census form. <laughs> no wonder I haven't done it yet. I don't know their birthdays. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? Mahatma Gandhi? Am I supposed to just know everything? <laughs> yeah, you are. What Sorry. the hell? You Me? Are. Finally... Everybody asked, who did the census? Everyone's screaming in the stadium. Who didn't? Me and Chloe. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> was not really, the majority here. I was expecting at least one more. Woo. And literally, my mom and I at the same concert turned to each other and both went, haven't done that yet. Nah, for real. Like, <laughs> had not done it. Me raising my hand thinking he would finally pick me out of the audience. <laughs> he I loves love, like, a girl that girls. doesn't follow the government census. Yeah, I'm like, well, baby, it says to fill out for your household. So and you've been here and you've been on stage. How am I supposed to fill out our household? My household is Harry's house is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, I support it. But so we need a, a government mandated you will get a $2,500 fine if you do not get STI tested. Yeah. Within X and Y dates. Yeah. Every year. And then tell me we wouldn't eradicate it. I can't. I can't tell you we wouldn't eradicate it because we might. But I look, we can we Shemar can McGrath for MP. <laughs> this is this is the the hill she's willing to die on. Yeah. Siobhan McGrath fronts her campaign with World STI Day. <laughs> Eradicate STIs. Eradicate STIs. Beautiful. You have to get STI tested before you fly into New Zealand. That's the new COVID swab. 
honestly, that kind of slaps. Swab, swab for swab. <laughs> Again, same swab, different hole. Yeah. <laughs> Any holes a go. Yeah, yeah. I said that to someone and they had no idea that reference. Really? Any holes a go. Yeah. And I was like. And you're like, how? That's like a I was literally like, common vernacular. Scratch, scratch, scratch the head. Um, how do you... How have you lived 24 years on this planet or however old you were and never heard any holes go? Right. Which is honestly kind of a misogynistic phrase in general. Oh, 1,000%. But I'm a female who uses it myself for all sorts. So I'm reclaiming. (laughs) I am reclaiming. I am reclaiming the phrase. Even if we all, all of a sudden decided to be really happy and Larry talking about STIs, which is... It's you a know, mindset. It's deep. You know what? I truly believe you just can. It's just. Oh, yeah, 100%. I have been loving gaslighting my brain. I've been yes. loving it lately. Like, it's true. You can just make yourself think anything. Yeah, you're you're in control up here. Like, I have been talking a lot about how I saw this video on TikTok. No, on Twitter. <laughs> okay. Slightly better. About how you can trick your brain into thinking that a limb that is not yours is yours. Like phantom limb yeah. vibes, right? And so the guy, they're like trying to trick him into thinking that the silicone hand was his. And then when they hit it with a hammer, it hurt. Yes. Your brain is so powerful. Another little fact. If you have pain somewhere in your body, I used to do it when I had my really bad cramps from my period. I would dig my fingers into yeah. my hand I because the pain of that is less than the cramping. But your brain can't focus on two pains. Yeah. Hence why you can you very rarely have a headache and a stomachache at the same time and if you do it alternates between what is painful based on what you're focusing on after you focus on a headache for too long you start thinking about your stomach pain then your headache slowly goes away and then you feel the stomach pain but it's not actually going away your brain just can't multitask going yeah your brain just cannot multitask so you can trick yourself into thinking that the pain is elsewhere right why can you not just do that with everything Oh, gaslight, girl boss, yeah. gatekeep your own brain. Talking about STIs is literally so normal. Actually, they're weird for not thinking that. They this are is so normal. weird for it's not so thinking that. Weird. That's really, really that's fucking weird. Really weird. You can just gaslight yourself into thinking anything. So let's begin. Yeah, let's begin. Well, the the struggle is that we have had this rhetoric for so long. Even like the language around being clean versus dirty, and that fucks me off. And I think, I hope collectively we're like starting to not use that kind of language. Yeah, because it's not only not your fault if you get it. STI, it's not accurate. It's not their, the whoever gave it, unless they got tested and they knew they had it and they passed it on to you purposefully. Yeah. It's nobody's fault. Things happen. Yeah. Shit happens. But that's why we have medical health care professionals there to help you and sort that out. Life is like that sometimes. Shit happens to you, but then you seek help and it gets yeah. better. And playing the blame game doesn't help anyone no you're not gross they're not gross it's part of it's a natural part of life and that is why we have medicine exactly because it happens the clean dirty language like all it does is insinuate that someone with an sti is inherently gross yeah which is so such bullshit and you know it allows people to pass judgment on your sexual history your sexual choices like oh my fucking slut shaming gets thrown around there as soon as this kind of language like when you use this harmful language it's only encouraging more shitty language to come at you yeah and all of that side of things but in reality having an sti does not make you dirty and here's some stats to make everybody feel better more than 50 percent of people will experience an sti in their lifetime not even shocked out so one in two people are, are experiencing an sti in their lifetime but to put that into some better context and we'll use the u.s as a reference the cdc estimates that there are over 110 
million sexually transmitted infections amongst men and women in the US, with 20 million new cases each year. That's a lot of STIs, team. That's a lot lot. of STIs. And that's because it's so fucking common. And you can't say that 110 million people are dirty. No. Like, get a fucking grip. Like, half the population? Yeah. Like, please be for real. Yeah. Stop. And it just happened. Like, again, it just happens. And I'm sorry, but these people aren't fucking the animals. Whoever fucked the animals, that happened a really, really long time ago. Please do not blame us now for having to deal with the fact that somebody did this at some point yes fuck you guys fuck y'all but also like it doesn't matter quite literally though i want to fuck y'all that's the problem <laughs> that i'm just out here trying to fuck y'all that's, that's <laughs> all i'm saying i'm just trying to fuck y'all <laughs> oh bless but so as as much as this is something that a lot of people experience and we can say it's not a big deal and it's not a big deal but that doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you both physically and you know mentally if something does happen and you're surrounded by those that are continuing the stigma yeah so uh, you know we do need to work together to change perception of sexual health by talking about it because no matter how uncomfortable it might seem as with all uncomfortable things the more you talk about it the less uncomfortable it gets yeah we always need to give ourselves the chance to make it comfortable exactly so a couple of you know little phrases well, okay. So let's talk about how to actually talk about these things with a potential or existing partner. But there are a couple of prefaces to this. Quick mentioned, try not to use words like dirty and clean. We are breaking down that stigma, everybody. I'd be kind of concerned if someone wanted to use that phraseology. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, red flag. No, literally, if someone said to me, are you clean? Me. I mean, I had Am a shower this morning. Person? I don't know. Not particularly. <laughs> no. Asking doesn't have to be unsexy, but ideally have the conversation before you've started ripping each other's clothes off. Because once you get to that point, it's going to be really fucking hard to have that conversation. Yeah. Right? And it's really hard when you're at that point to hear the answers from them yeah. and then walk away. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. So. Obviously. Pants on conversation. Thank you. I, like ideally, if like if you're going to meet up with someone or like even if you've like met someone at a club and uh, things are getting to a point where you're like, we're probably going to go home together. But you haven't left the club yet. That's your time. That's your moment. Just to be. And you could be funny about it. Don't worry. Anyway, dates and time frames matter. Try as much as. It's, again, you know, pushing through the discomfort, but it's important that someone doesn't just say, oh, yeah, I've been t- tested recently and it was negative. Like, how recently is recently? Because like six months recently? Yeah, because that's not or recent. like two weeks recently. Unless you haven't had sex with anybody else since your last test, it's not accurate. Yeah. So, I mean, it might you might still be negative. I'm not saying that you've got anything. But your test but you is not know. recent. Your <laughs> test is not recent. No, no. So let's just keep that in mind. If your test was not more recent than your latest sexual encounter yeah. then your test is not recent exactly and and as much as these are things that we're, we're putting the expectation on others this is also the expectation that you need to hold yourself to yeah but at the end of the day you know what are, what are we always going to do after we have sex with someone for the first time we're going to get tested ourselves anyway because you could have all these conversations. You can think that this has gone perfectly. You can think that everything's fine. But again, the only way to protect yourself is to get yourself tested. Yeah, because people can lie. People it's can nice lie. when they don't, but they, but people they might. can lie. Now, a, a couple of a couple of ways to have this conversation. Look, it's it's going to be uncomfortable anyway, but we're going to have the conversation. So I've just gone with a couple of 
What I think is like the way to get the information with trying to make it as chill as possible. Okay. It's so, like, I'm, I'm a cool girl. I'm a cool girl. I'm a cool girl. So I would go like your things are heading in that direction. This is a in-person situation. This is an in-person situation. Things are heading in this direction. I would just go, hey, really into this, really into you, having a great time. But just so that we're on the same page, when was the last time you got tested slash had an STI test? open-ended I'm at that point not looking for specifics because me personally I would be gauging a lot of my next moves based on the response to that like if they were like oh then it's yeah. like already like, oh Ooh. I don't know if this yeah is. if you don't respect me enough to have like just a normal adult conversation yeah. about our why am I gonna health? let you inside of me if we're not even like grown up enough to have this conversation you're so right anyway if this is like a things are heading in that direction but we're not physically with each other right now maybe we've like been on a couple of dates yeah and this is like getting to the point where we're like oh okay this is gonna happen i want us both to be comfortable before we get into this the date of my last test was x date and i did slash didn't have an sti i'm just laying it out on the line when was your last test and what was the result that's i think a really good way of doing it because you you, yeah yeah because that hopefully should bring a little bit of comfort to whoever you're talking with. And also, I'm, I'm going to say it again. People like confidence. If you yeah. just approach this with confidence, it makes people feel more comfortable that that is normal and that is expected. I would say for most women, this is a generalization and not something I've ever verbalized. So this is really, really a generalization that I'm making here. I would say that most women would find it sexy to hear that the person that they're sleeping with is taking care of themselves and is therefore indirectly taking care of you. Nothing has ever made me wetter than a man asking for consent. Um, it doesn't, like, I could literally be umming and ahhing, like, oh, I don't know if I think this person's attractive. I don't know. And then they say, may I kiss you? Yeah. I'm like, You're like oh, you may. Niagara Falls? You may. Go you, right you ahead, may. Like, I just love a little bit of... Mm. It's a bit delish. It's good for you. It's good for you. Yeah. Again, another example of like we're hitting, we're like in the thick of it, ready to have a good time. Hey, I'm glad that we're using protection, but like just to be on the safe side, can we talk about our latest uh, testing results? Because I, I really want to keep this good vibe going, but we just need to tick have that box first. Mm. And then if you are in a situation where you do have an STI that is potentially transmittable, because not all STIs are transmittable 100% of the time. Yeah. And that's also important to know. But I would then just go, hey, before things go any further, I just want to let you know that I am positive for X STI. These are the things I do to practice safe sex. And I'm happy to have a chat about it, give you any resources that you might need. Can we talk about it? But also when was your most recent test? Yeah. So again, it's like taking the, taking it, if you have an STI that is transmissible, that is the bare minimum of what you need to do. Yeah tell them because again you're putting then the power into their hands they get to choose what they do next you've laid it all out on the line we can both pull up our pants and walk in separate directions if need be yeah but it's also really you not the can practice safe sex you can still have sex if you've got an sti and all you need to do is practice safe sex and just let the person know so that they're aware of the risk before they yeah have sex with you because again what's the worst that's going to happen oh that person's going to go get tested the next day Maybe they haven't. Maybe they caught something. Maybe they didn't. They know but immediately. You knowingly, they know you, immediately that that was a risk, and so they get tested immediately. Yeah, which lies the difference. 
Because if you lie about it or you don't have the conversation, you don't think to do anything about it for weeks later, then you've got an issue. Yeah. Time's of the essence. But look, it's it's not always going to be the hottest conversation. It's not always going to be the easiest conversation, but it is a necessary one because one night of fun is not worth potentially a lifetime of being impacted by an STI. Not that that is in any way a death sentence. STIs are very treatable or at least very, very manageable. But if we can avoid them to begin with, then that's obviously the ideal situation. Yeah. So I really, I hope that everyone is feeling a little less uncomfy and afraid of getting tested and afraid of having conversations around getting tested because it's all important stuff. And again, that's all we talk about around here. Important things. Clearly. Clearly. Every single word that leaves my mouth has to be said. <laughs> Never once have I said a thing that could have stayed in my brain. <laughs> and I love that that was the follow-up from everything we say is important. And you went, yeah, everything has to come out of my brain, regardless everything. of whether or not it's important. Yeah, which makes it important because it, it had to come out, didn't it? It had to come out. It had to come out. So thank you all for listening. Um, get tested. Get tested. Look after yourselves so that you can fucking have fun fucking yeah. is what we're all about. As always, you can find us on Instagram, goodgirls underscore podcast. Like, I want to hear stories of people's really beautiful positive experiences at sexual health clinics. I feel or like... What positive experiences talking to a partner. Yeah. I, 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 as much as we can probably have a longer conversation about people's negative experiences, I don't want to continue that narrative. I want to encourage positivity. And hear the good. And hear the good. So good experience with sexual health, good experiences with talking about these things with partners. Send us an email, goodgirls at hudapp.com. We would love to hear it. And we'll catch you guys next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.